Hello, friends, and once again, welcome to another edition of the Stupid Sexy Podcast. It was like a um, podcast, nothing at all. That was the voice of Dan Peck. I am Chris O'Mealy, and this is the end of season one of The Simpsons. R.I.P. The inaugural run, but have no fear, Dan. They've got stories for years. Mm-hmm. Because they're currently on season 32. And we're just finishing season one. So yes, as we've mentioned on previous episodes, we are going to attempt to speed up the process of the show a little bit. And maybe get some episodes done during the week. Or maybe do two or three at a time and release them during the week. We'll try to speed this up a little bit because... The episodes double out from here, and all the seasons have anywhere from 21 to 24 episodes, depending on how many got ordered. So, of course, we'll uh, have to keep this one running. But, Dan, we've reached the end of season one. Before we talk about the last episode, what are your overall thoughts of the first season of The Simpsons? Uh, I've said a few times it's uh, there's a surprising number of episodes you remember everything about. It's it's funny that they're still feeling themselves out, yet they're still creating some, some cool classic moments in the first season. And the only reason I don't think the first season ages so well is because the animation actually improves dramatically when we get to season two. And then by the time we get to season three and four, the stories become some of the best in the history of the show. So season one starts to kind of get left in the dust. And when you revisit it, you see the different animation, you hear the voices and everything, and you're just like... Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned quite a few times that, like, there's a lot of characters that are in twos, right? So, like, the two cops and the two guys that work with Homer. And you mentioned that, like, they swapped voice actors after season one. Yeah, it's just constantly, like... And there's characters that aren't black that become black. Like Lou the cop and Judge Snyder. Yeah. And then then Smithers became white. Because they realized that was a bad idea. So yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about in the improvement of what's going to happen when we move on to the, the next seasons here. What's interesting about the episode we're going to talk about, Some Enchanted Evening, was it was created to be first, but due to a plethora of animation errors, they uh, <clears throat> were not able to get this one out. And I uh, might as well do the, uh, the trivia here, because... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of telling. So, Klasky uh, Supo is the name of the animation studio. They did the Simpsons shorts, and they were in charge of the animation, with one exception: everything was created in house. As a budgetary consideration, production got subcontracted to South Korea, the animation studio Acom. Now, you might know Klasky Supo if you've ever watched any of the classic Nickelodeon cartoons, especially Rugrats. You've probably seen that pop up lots of times at the end of the episode. So yeah. the, the character and background layout was done in Los Angeles, and then the in-between in coloring and filming was done overseas. Well, this episode was the first to return from Korea. It was screened in front of the production staff at the Gracie Films Bungalow, and James L. Brooks reacted to the animation and simply went, This is shit. Afterward, the room almost cleared. A heated argument ensued between Brooks and Klasky Supo. And denied there was anything wrong with the animation and suggests the real problem was the quality of the show's writing. 
So yeah, that was definitely not going to go over very well. But here's where the good news comes in. So yes, like, about 70% of everything had to be redone, a lot of changing of backgrounds, and there was a lot of uneven animation, which is why some of, some of them, there's a couple of weird animation shifts in the episode. The doors look like they, they're slamming, like they're made out of rubber, things like that. And what basically happened was they were going to scrap the entire series if Bart the Genius, which was the true episode two, turned out just like this one. But because it only had a few easily fixable problems, they were able to tell the creators of Fox, hey, let's postpone the series premiere. It was originally supposed to be in September. They pushed it back to December. And then that's when they decided, well, why don't we just air the Christmas special? Because let's, uh, it's that time of year. And then they simply just put some Enchanted Evening at the back of the lineup. So if you watch this episode thinking this was supposed to be the initial pilot... I think you'll actually find it more enjoyable than if you watched it as just a regular old episode, even though, as part of the trivia is, most fans consider this episode to be the best one of the first season. Ironically, I actually put it at the bottom of my list for season one, but a lot of that had to do with the animation and everything. So, I think, though, in subsequent viewings, I've grown more fond of the episode, and have a much more positive outlook on it. But we can uh, we can kind of discuss that in detail towards the end here. But uh, but Dan, tell the uh, tell the fine folks out there the name of the the name of the podcasting network where you can find all this wonderful stuff. Oh, that'd be um, the uh, CKCC Radio, and we are on Podbean. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast, you can find us along with lots of other great shows, including Real Power Normal Talk and Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz, published author and Real Paranormal Investigator. He also does his music ranking show. You can hear all about that stuff. The first Monday of every month, you can check out Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton. You can check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews people in the music industry. You can check out the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian for a weekly dose of nerddom. The Bored to Death Binge cast with Jay, Chris, Zeke, and others as they binge television shows and easily digestible episodes. And the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman covering all things racing. And of course, if you like me and Dan, and we know you do... Every week, we do Club Kayfabe Russell Talk, the flagship show of CKCC Radio, where we discuss events in the world of pro wrestling, now, past, and present, and we throw a little extra stuff in there for you guys, too. We also have a patron, patron.com slash Club Kayfabe. For only five bucks a month, you can check out a whole slew of bonus VIP Wrestle Talks, one every week. There's also some bonus ranking tracks and race nerd podcast content on there. And watch-alongs we're now doing, right, Dan? Yes. It's going to be a good time. So we are also going to be doing some special Simpsons watch-alongs. We're going to go back and rewatch some classic episodes. Dan and I are going to watch them in real time and react to stuff as they happen. We might even do 
uh, some compilations and things like that with The Simpsons. So there, we're going to get some Stupid Sexy Podcast exclusive content on there, too. But let's go ahead right now and talk about Some Enchanted Evening, Season 1, Episode 13, airing May 13th, 1990. The finale for Season 1, and a... Even though if you watch it as the pilot, you can appreciate it, this is also a good episode to end the season on because it kind of puts Bart and Lisa in some real danger. They weren't in danger when they were investigating the Sideshow Bob case. They were just putting their noses out there. They're actually in danger in this one. I think this is the first time we've seen Bart and Lisa in real peril. Like, yeah, we saw Bart get mistreated in France, but... He wasn't tied up and gagged and being robbed. So let's uh, let's go through it. You ready, Dan? To have an enchanted evening? Ready. <laughs> so it's a Friday morning in the Simpsons house. Oh, I almost forgot the usual thing. The uh, chalkboard gag was, I will not yell fire in a crowded classroom, which is terrible. And, of course, the couch gag is just the standard one. They all get on the couch. They barely fit, but they're all there. No actual gag happens. So it's Friday morning in the Simpsons' house, and Marge is just kind of observing the family eating breakfast. They're just shoveling food in their faces with those season one dead eyes. Especially especially Homer. like Homer just, like, looking up at the ceiling half the time. Yeah, Bart and Lisa argue over the last donut. Homer just eats it. Did you also notice on the radio the traffic report was Bill Pie in the sky? We don't even have Arnie Pie yet. We got Bill. Who the hell's Bill? Bill Nye, the eye in the sky. So, yeah. Uh, Marge is just observing how the family is just doing whatever, you know? <clears throat> Another one of those. You think it's going to be one of those. My family's awful episodes. Pretty much, yeah. They kind of set that up, right? And uh, Bart and Lisa race off to catch the school bus. Marge is like, wait, I made you special lunches. And as they're literally taking money out of her purse, they're like, it's okay, we got money. Now Homer checks his watch and realizes he's running late. Marge goes for the goodbye kiss, and Homer just takes her coffee and drinks it. And leaves her with the horrible mess in the kitchen to clean up, with Maggie just, like, playing with her oatmeal. She's like... Well, Maggie, it's just you and me now. And then Maggie goes to sleep. So Marge is definitely not having a good day. It only just started. It literally just started. And she is just like... So... As she's listening to the radio, a commercial comes on. And they're like, hey, this is Dr. Marvin Monroe. This would have been his introduction on the show, too, if, uh, of course, we didn't have the episodes in order. But he's just like, are you having problems? Your family feel like they don't appreciate you. Your husband ignore you. Basically, you know, that exposition in TV shows where it speaks directly to the problems that we're having. And it's just like, call my number. And Marge is like, thinking about it. (laughs) 1-900-909-9900. Not that number. Don't call that one. Call 555-PAIN. What are you waiting for? And she just immediately... Just immediately jumps in. Just like, oh, okay, well... 
There we go. So yeah, Marge is going to call in, and Homer's listening in on the dealie. And, well, well, he's listening at work, right? Mm-hmm. He's not in his Sector 7G yet, because he's still just doing his regular stuff. And Marge is like, hey, I'm 34 and I have all these problems. I'm like, I'll save it for the air, lady. Yeah, by the way, that's right. Marge is 34. How old are we, Dan? <laughs> Older than Marge. Uh one of those deals. Of course, no one, no one gets any older on The Simpsons except for like maybe once. It was funny is how many times they celebrated their birthdays. Like Lisa's turned eight like four times. Yeah, gotta love those animated series ages. You know, it's funny on Family Guy, which is an inferior show to The Simpsons, and I said that, and, and that's coming as somebody who is a fan of Family Guy. But they actually do age those characters. When the show first starts, Chris is 13 and Meg is 15. And now Meg is actually like... She's either 17 or 18 and Chris is also aged up too. So... It's not not, much. But not at actual... Of course, the real irony there is that Stewie hasn't aged. The baby has to stay a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, I'm one. Still? So, yeah. So, Marge calls in and basically just humiliates Homer big time. Because they're listening at work and he hears everything, you know? Oh, well. Well, this is, you know, it's one of those deals where it's just like, well, this is unfortunate. Well, what you gotta do is you gotta give him ultimatum. You gotta tell him if he doesn't do anything... Make a grand gesture soon. You're gone. So, yeah, so... so. Of course, Homer has to do something, so he comes home super late. Yeah. So she's extra mad when he shows up. Yeah, because he's hiding out at Moe's, and... You know, Moe's is like... Well, usually you just get some pickled eggs and call it a night, but... Oh, and the kids, of course, because they're waiting for dinner... And everything's delayed. They make their uh... oh, and she goes monster face. <laughs> yeah, she yells at them. But they also do the most prank. They do. They call in for. They're looking for an alcoholic. And of course, <laughs> and of course, you got freaking Homer. I hope you catch that punk someday, Mo. Did you also notice that Mo actually gave some pretty damn solid advice? Mm-hmm. Considering that later on, Mo is like super depressed and can't handle anything in life. Not today, uh, old friend. Not today, old friend. Yeah, because, like, you're going to get her some flowers, spend the night at a fancy restaurant, and then go to the fanciest, uh, the fanciest motel in town. Oh, yeah, the monster face is friggin' hysterical. Hey, Mom, how about some grub as she friggin' roars at them? And then, like, Bart and Lisa run off terrified, and Maggie just casually strolls off. No, Maggie, that mf or dude. Oh, yeah, pretty much. I can't wait to poke, point out the things in Who Shot Mr. Burns, because I saw a video about it. Because uh, there's the be... group shot where Mr. Burns is like, none of you will step up to me, and everyone's, like, backing off. But if you see Maggie in the foreground being held, she's, like, determined. She's got, like, beast face going. 
Oh, that's awesome. She's like, I'm going to fucking shoot that guy later tonight. <laughs> and then she does. Of course, I yeah. love I love the end of that, too, where it's like, she's a baby. She didn't mean it, and it just zooms in on her. Well, there's, like, the... There's also, like, another episode where she's, like, sniping people from, like, the roof or whatever. Oh, she saves him from the mafia. Yeah. She, like, shoots mobsters off, off from the window. That's one of my... The f- rifle. Well, we talk about that. That's one of my favorite lines, because that's with uh, Johnny Tightlips. Johnny Tightlips, can you see the shooter? He's like, I see a lot of things. You know, you could be a little more helpful. <laughs> yeah, there's. we could talk a lot about Maggie's intelligence. They've, they've, Well, they've hinted very strongly that Maggie's going to grow up to also be very intelligent. And they've also revealed that all the Simpsons women do end up being smart. It's the men that are dumb. So, yeah. Homer goes to buy some roses. He's like, how much for 55 long-stemmed roses? Oh, no, he it's 55 for a dozen. He goes, uh, I'll just take one. And, of course, he's doing, like, the research outside in the rain of what he's going to say. But as soon as he walks in with candy and a flower and an apology, Marge immediately softens up and agrees to, yep, Let's let's do this, but we got to find a babysitter. And of course, she picks up the phone while they're in the middle of another prank call, looking for all of her clothes off. So we've gotten two prank calls in one episode. Because they need to be entertained. Crossy's not on; they haven't eaten. <laughs> My favorite is uh, they got June Foray, the voice of Granny from Looney Tunes. And she's been in tons and of stuff. And Rocket J Squirrel. Yep. For the Rubber Baby Buggy Bumper Babysitting Service Receptionist, who hears Simpson and immediately hangs up. You also notice no, that... Uh, Samson. Yeah. Did your, did your wife just call... No, I said Samson, not Simpson. Oh, good. Those Simpsons are terrible. The Simpsons are neighbors, and they are wonderful people. So, the... Voice of the florist, did you notice that he has, uh, it's, it's very obviously not a cast member doing that voice. I don't know if you noticed that or not. That was actually, it was Paul Wilson. Do you know who Paul Wilson is? Paul Wilson. Yes. So have you ever seen Office Space? Yes. He is one of the Bobs. He's Uh. the, he's the shorter bald Bob. Okay, yeah, because I know the other one is freaking what's this face? Yeah, he's one of the Bobs. He's Bob Porter, because of course he got the two Bobs. Yeah, John McGinley is yeah. the other the other Bob. And then Paul Yep, John McGinley and Paul Wilson were the Bobs. It's funny, he makes a he makes a guest appearance on Big Bang Theory. They're uh they're looking for they're cleaning out a dead professor's office and they go to see the guy you shared his, the office with. And they're like, oh, yeah, his research never amounted to anything. They're like, well, how'd your research turn out? He goes, oh, great. See this apartment here? This is what they give you when you win a Nobel. <laughs> they're just like, oh, OK, he's sarcastic. But, yeah, he's a character actor. So it was it was interesting that he came in to just be the florist. But, but so we, when he sings, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> Yeah, that was the, uh, <clears throat> and uh, Christopher Collins, the original Mr. Burns, was the TV host for Armed and Dangerous. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So, Homer Sampson, those damn Sampsons, you know, 
is able to secure a babysitter. So, of course, Lisa's watching Marge get all glammed up. Homer's watching, or Bart's watching Homer shave, just so it pops back in, which is one of my favorite visual gags that they've done. Is that anytime Homer shaves, it always comes right back. Mm-hmm. And then at the door arrives the babysitter, Lucille Botskowski, but she's currently just Ms. Botts. A uh, kind of creepy-ass looking woman here. And the voice, of course, Penny Marshall. Uh, Dan, what do you know Penny Marshall from? Well, I mean, she was on uh, several things that I am a fan of, like uh, Happy Days. Mm-hmm. Which then they got her and and uh, and the other her. She got the sideshow with the uh, Laverne Shirley. Mm-hmm. Laverne DeFazio. Taken off of uh, Happy Days. And of course she directed Big and A League of Their Own. And A League of Their Own, yes. So yeah, Penny Marshall, classic actress. And I didn't realize she only passed away in December 2018. That's actually more recent than I realized. It is more recent than I realized. Yeah, I thought it was a little while ago. But yeah, she, uh, legendary actress, born in the Bronx. Perfect voice role for Ms. Botts, by the way, because she, she, you can tell she's having a lot of fun with this. And unlike that darn Albert Brooks, she doesn't hide her name. Or that darn Michael Jackson and Dustin Hoffman, which we'll get to. But yeah, she arrives. She's looking pretty scary. Uh, don't worry, she's got her own luggage. So she's looking pretty scary because she's an example of a bad animation in the in the show. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> So, we put the... She's just like, okay, well, Bart and Lisa can stay up for another hour. We'll have them watch the happy little elves meet the curious bear cub. And, uh... The babysitter's rude, but not really, like... That's all she is right now. She's just rude. Puts Maggie to bed. They start watching their... They start watching their video. And we get, uh... We get some scenes of Homer and Marge's night out. They're at the nice restaurant... Homer chooses the lobster. <laughs> What's wrong with that one? Well, sir, when they're floating upside down like that, that's usually not an indication that they're very lively. Okay. So. He's just like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do whatever. So, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. So, they have some nice, they have some nice champagne. Homer's champagne. Ordering, yes, Homer's ordering another bottle. They're uh, they're driving to the yield off ramp in. Of course, they miss the exit. They go. Well, we're going off the next exit. Next exit, like thirty-five miles. <laughs> yep, they must have been in Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that happens here. And then, uh, Homer. Carries Marge over the threshold. Don't hit my head. Jeez, 11 years, you're still bringing it up. And they use a waterbed in a motel. Because it's, you know, so erotic. And then the the last thing we'll talk about before we cut back to the scene, because it's the only one we have to talk about, is uh, when Homer's like, are you going to slip into your little blue thing with the things? <laughs> and she's like, we'll find out. And then he... 
hanging out in the thing. And then by the time she comes back, he's asleep. Yeah, but he's like, oh, mama. All excited about that. So, yeah, they're actually having a pretty damn good date night. So let's get back to the kids and see how their night's going. So Bart's just sick and tired of the happy little elves. So he puts on America's Most Armed and Dangerous. And they're talking about this notorious babysitter bandit who ties up kids and ransacks the house. Her real name is Lucille Butzkowski, but she could be using a clever alias, which, of course, Lisa's just like, Bots? And now we're going to show you what she looks like. And, of course, it's her. They turn, and she's got rope. <laughs> yeah, they do the, the classic Simpsons scream. <laughs> so Bart runs to the basement, and Lisa runs to the kitchen to try to call 1-800-YOU-SQUEAL, which is the number. Bots goes after Yeah, they're just 911. Yeah, they're trying to call the hotline, of course. Uh, Bots goes after Bart first. And he's, as she's ransacking the cupboard for pickled beets, he's got that bowling ball. And he's like, that's right, take them all. He's going to drop it on her head. But then, of course, he falls. So he's done. And Lisa's hiding under the dining room table, is about to report her over the phone until she gets pulled out by the phone cord. Ties them both up, puts them on the couch. She's like, listen, I'm not a bad person. So, I'll even let you watch your little video while I finish what I gotta do. And then, after she duct tapes Bart's lips shut, Lisa's just like, oh, come on, Bart, let's make the most of this. Thanks, Lisa, you're supposed to be the smart one. If I wrote this, I would have written in a part where, like, the only thing that's worth anything in that house is the TV and it's too damn big. (laughs) Well, I do like when she's ransacking their... Marge and Homer's closet, she's like, this is just kid crap in here. Like, there's nothing worth anything. Yeah. So, of course, her ransacking wakes up Maggie. And Maggie, being resourceful, sneaks out of her crib, goes downstairs, sees her siblings tied up, and immediately starts watching the happy little elves. Maggie. So, of course, the video's, like, at the very end. And they're just like, all right, Maggie, you want to watch the Happy Little Elves again? Well, first you got to untie us. And Maggie immediately is like, okay. So, she does. (laughs) She manages to untie. Which means either Maggie is friggin' brilliant and super resourceful, or Ms. Botts really sucks at knots. Yeah, we'll let that one be your call. So, the kids actually do a good job outsmarting her here because... They kind of just send Maggie out into the hallway so that she's like, oh, I'll have to go tie you up too. And as she follows her into a dark room, (laughs) Bart's got the pacifier. And he knocks her out with a baseball bat. Even Julia with a baseball bat. (laughs) So, of course, Marge is like, Homer, would it ruin the moment if I just called home to check up on anything? And Homer's nice and passed out. But then Marge gets worried because there's nobody answering. Because Ms. Botts disabled all the phones in the house. So she's just like, Homer, we need to go home. And he's like, well, my work here is done. <laughs> so at least in the on the plus side, Homer and Marge had a nice night out. So without any phones there, they run to a payphone. They're just like, is there, is there a reward? 
Hey, if she's convicted, we get t-shirts. And Homer and Marge arrive home to discover all the lights are on, and there's Ms. Botts tied up in front of the TV, being forced to watch the Happy Little Elves. And I love that as soon as they take the tape off, the first thing she says is just, please turn off the video. <laughs> so. Like, oh, my awful children did this to the babysitter. Oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden, all the cops and stuff show up. And they're like, what's going on? Uh, the best is Homer's actually carrying the suitcases out to the car for her. <laughs> it doesn't even realize it. He's like, man, these things are heavy. And then, of course, she's like, let me give you some advice, Mr. Samson. Don't kick your eyes off that boy. The The riot squad shows up with the reporters. Bart's trying to lead them in. Homer's like, what did you do to your babysitter? We had to untie her and send her on her way and, and pay her double. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you saying that you just aided in the escape of the notorious babysitter bandit? Uh, well, I wouldn't say aided. More like a a struggle. <laughs> you know, and of course Bart's just like, oh, Homer. <laughs> oh, Homer. Local boob, it says on the TV. Yeah, of course. But then... But I do like the uh, <clears throat> the quote that Marge says right at the end. The way I see it, if you raise three children who can knock out and hogtie a perfect stranger, you must be doing something right. So just like uh, Call of the Simpsons, Marge saves the day by reminding Homer that, you know, that she cares. So there's your... Uh, there is your some enchanted evening thoughts, Dan. Uh, a classic story, but again, the animation is bad. Yeah, I would say if we could just, if you can get over the poor animation, it really isn't a bad story. I feel bad for the kids because they actually should have been successful here and of course their father is an idiot <laughs> so that's unfortunate but it is what it is so <clears throat> by the way according to her mugshot she's six feet tall and weighs 178 pounds so she's a so she weighs a lot for a lanky woman and I know she's made other appearances on the show, like she's uh like she's appeared in actually she appears in the next episode we're gonna review in the, the snow circle. And she's in the mental hospital in Hurricane Nettie. She's also mm. she's also one of the criminals who brings their car to get washed in the family guy crossover. When they're just like, We're having a car wash for stolen cars and every car that shows up is driven by a criminal. And she's one of them. But we're going to do that as a bonus episode down the line. The Family Guy crossover with The Simpsons. We'll do that one. So we do have a, quite a bit of trivia here for this episode. Not involving the actual animation. Um, there's an FBI warning at the beginning of the Happy Little Elves tape. Which I thought was pretty funny. The name, Ms. Botts, was based on a real person that once babysat Matt Groening. No idea if they're related, but you know. 
<clears throat> so, Kent Butterworth had decided to have a bear tear off one of the elves' heads and drink its blood. They decided not to animate that. <laughs> so, But that's part of the story. <laughs> apparently, yeah. So, and the happy little elves meet the curious cubs. One of them was going to get horribly massacred, and they decided that even though the videotape is rated GGG, <laughs> probably wouldn't have gone over so well. Uh, this is also classic. So the Fox censors wanted to replace the sentence, the blue thing with the things, which they believe to be too sexual. But due to the fledging position of the Fox network, James L. Brooks had obtained an unusual contractual provision that ensured the network could not interfere with creative process by providing show notes. So the producers just ignored the censors. And that's a big, that's why they get away with making fun of Fox and Fox News and everything so much on the show. Because they can, and Fox literally can't do anything about it. So did you notice that when Homer and Marge leave for their date, there's a lip-stained, yeah, a lip-shaped stain on the inside of the front door? Do you know why that is, Dan? They did, a, they did an unfinished scene where Marge tries to kiss Homer goodbye, and he slams the door in her face. Instead of just stealing her coffee, he would have made her kiss the door. Which probably was better that they cut that, because that would have made Homer seem a little too jerky here. Instead of just stealing her coffee, it was just basically like, he's more clueless than mean. So, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> um, when Bart flicks through the channels, they were originally supposed to have the theme from the Tracy Ullman show. But that, unfortunately, did not happen. Of course, no Santa's Little Helper because of the episodes being out of order. This is an interesting piece of trivia. Maggie falls down a total of 19 times in the episode. Uh, I always enjoy little bits like that, that somebody would actually pay attention that much. And then uh, two things that I actually noticed. One, the checkout for the motel was 9 a.m., which is unusual for a hotel. They're usually 11 or noon. And did you notice that the band, the Larry Davis Experience, and they all looked pissed off, did you notice the song that they were playing was the same one that Homer was humming to himself when he was getting ready for the date? But that's it. That's Some Enchanted Evening. That is the conclusion of Season 1. We have officially wrapped up Season 1 of The Simpsons. All right, and that's it. So stay tuned for our next show. Uh, it's going to be a watch-along of something. Yeah, we'll be going to be doing we'll be doing some watch-along content and everything. Uh, the next Simpsons episode we're going to review, Season 2, Episode 1, is Bart Gets an F. This was produced to be the third episode of the second season, but of course... We all know that it airs first, but at least it's not that out of order. The animation will take a bit of an improvement. You'll actually see some character development. It's not a favorite of mine, but I do know that the nostalgia critic Doug Walker has listed it as his favorite Simpsons episode. So we'll see how well it holds up this time around. Again, like I said, it's not one of my favorites, but, you know, I give everything a second look as we do this here. 
Season 1 has officially wrapped. Thank you guys for sticking with us. I don't know what the schedule is going to be moving forward, but we will be attempting to get a little bit more out there for you guys. And uh, if you have some suggestions of... Or I should say suggestions. If you guys have episodes that you're a big fan of and you'd like to join us when we do that episode review, especially if there's an episode in Season 2 you really like, Make sure that you let us know so we can attempt to get you to be part of it. And you all understand the order that we're doing this in, right? We're doing it in order, so you, if you know where your favorite episode falls, you should be able to kind of conclude where that's going to be. But by all means, give us time, because that's going to be crucial here. We need time. Other than that, Season 1 has wrapped. And I guess we'll see you for Season 2. Mm. Final thoughts on Season 1, Dan? Uh, I have no fear of stories for a year. Exactly. And there will be. That concludes Season 1 of The Simpsons on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. See you next time. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.